G'day, Osha here. Thanks for downloading the show today. Nakia Louie is on the show today. We're going to have a conversation with her. Before we do, I need to pay the people that make this show with me. So you might hear an ad. If you do, thank you. If you don't, we'll get straight to it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. G'day. Welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osha Ginsberg. Thanks for being here. This is a tri-weekly podcast that since 2013 has just done one thing, make your day better than yesterday. That's what we're here to do. Everything on this show, from the opening to the closing of the show, there's something on the, something you'll hear today will make your day better than yesterday. That's the guarantee. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we're here. Mondays, Wednesdays, here with a guest. Fridays, we're here with you. Uh, Wednesdays, uh, which is today is a shorter version of one of the interviews from the past. There's hundreds and hundreds of chats uh, that we've had in this uh, time that the show's been on air. And I asked Brie, who does research on the show, I said, Brie, just go back and find the ones that are interesting to you. And uh, she's gone and got some really great bits of those conversations and and we present them to you here in a lot less than hour and a bit format. So thank you very much, Brie. It's the 26th of January today, which is just a Wednesday. But it's a day that means a lot to a lot of people. Up until 1994, it was just a Wednesday. But in 1994, uh, the Australian government went, actually, no, we should all have a public holiday on this day because that's the day that we should celebrate the start of Australia. Um, not exactly right. There's a lot of misconceptions about Australia Day. I personally am not a massive fan of it. If you go back over the years of this show, you'll hear many conversations around it. I thoroughly recommend you uh, dig into them. Well, for a start, the only thing that really happened on the 26th of January, 1788, was that most of the first fleet uh, arrived. The Philip arrived the day before. Well, he got to Sydney Cove on the 21st and Philip got there the day before. But in the late afternoon of the 26th, uh, Philip and some officers, they went ashore with two small boats. They put the British flag up on a pole fired four guns into the air and drank a toast to King George IV. That was it. 
it did not become a country or get claimed by England on that day. That's a, a, a that happened months later. Captain Cook stuck a flag in Australia and said, this belongs to us now. He did do that, but he did that on the 22nd of August in 1770 on a place called Possession Island, which is way up in far north Queensland. It doesn't even celebrate the day that Captain Cook landed in Botany Bay, which was the 29th of April in 1770. And if you actually go there to Botany Bay, there's a statue and they've got the day wrong. It says 28th of April, 1770. So there's a lot of malarkey going on about the 26th of January. I, uh, look, sovereignty was never ceded. There was nations and nations and hundreds of nations of people that, that existed here on this land before white people showed up and just took it to exploit it. And it's a... Another misconception, it's an absolute fallacy and it's an, it's an injustice and it's an irrational belief that because it happened so long ago, the current descendants of the, those Indigenous people shouldn't feel the effects of colonialisation and they, you know, but no, that is not the case. It is very, very different and it's not okay and I love my country I love my country more than anything. I do. I, I love this country so much. I became a citizen of this country, and I'll do anything to make this country better. And one of those things is making peace. And I think, as a community, it's important that we make peace with, and acknowledge, and process, and come together, and and try in some way to make better what still happens because of the aforementioned flags that got stuck in the land. And on that note, we're going to speak to someone today who I am a colossal fan of, not only because she's amazingly funny, incredibly smart and delightful, but Nakia Louie is one of the most important Indigenous First Nations voices in our country. And I was such a fan in 2015, only the second year of this show, I asked her on the show. She's gone on to do many, many, many things since then, but she is still. She's an actor. She's a comedian. She's a writer. Her sketch show, Black Comedy, had just started airing on the ABC. I think it was the first season. We, as a community in 2015, but only just started to talk about openly start to talk about the privilege of being a white person uh, going for a job versus somebody else going for a job. At the time, Nakia had just written a fantastic article for Junkie on the concept of white privilege. I would recommend that you go back and, and check it out. So I asked Nakia, what is it that, that white Australians who benefit from that privilege of white privilege, what, what can they do? I think it's actually a value system. Like, I think it's really hard for people who don't hold the same values of white privilege or who may be white and may be male and do have, like, they go, how do I relate to this? Like, but your values aren't the same. So I think you actually have a lot of, like, a lot of power in the fact that you can act on your values. Like, I think it's just as hard for people who just don't have the same values, which is, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a strange conversation. Well, you know, that's... It's an important one, but it, it's really, yeah. yeah. So what do you, what... There's people listening who might, you know, let's just say, for example, there's someone listening who's gone, oh, I never thought of it that way. I never thought that I'm able to get a bank loan or have walked through the street at night without getting hassled or got a job 
or hail the cab because of the colour of my skin. And I don't feel okay about that. What if this is like someone's listening and they're just going, oh, yeah, that's true. Where do you start? Yeah, well, I think, like, where do you start? It's, I mean, one of the things is, like, one of the causes I'm really passionate about is something like the custody notification service, right, which is with the Aboriginal Legal Service. That's uh, the, the Abbott government's about to shut it down. They've got funding for about another two weeks. The 30th of June, yeah. And what that is is that came about after the Royal Commission into deaths in custody. Uh, and since they put that line in place, it's just a 24-hour service. It's really cheap. It's like 500000 I think. It's just a 24-hour service where it means if someone gets, if an Aboriginal person goes into custody, that they have someone to call. And the reason why it's for Aboriginal people is because there were an inordinate amount of Indigenous people being killed in custody as opposed to non-Indigenous people. So, because a lot of people have been saying, well, shouldn't this be for everyone? It's like, well, that would be, it's not, it's not a problem for everyone, which is, I guess, um, the issue. So for that, you know, they're shutting that down. And I think that's, for me, it's just such a sinister shift in values as a country is that we're shutting down a service that is actually there to save lives, that has been proven to save lives, that is, you know, blameless. So we're not saying we're not going into, you know, training police or anything like that. It's just going, this is a line that someone can call to notify, to say, I'm in a prison and they know that they're they're safe because someone else knows that they're there. And that's just been completely cut. I think like something like that, there's a lot of, like one of the things um, ALS has been, Aboriginal Legal Service has been telling people to do is call up your local MP, like email them, call them, call Nigel Scullion, who's the Aboriginal Affairs Minister, sign the petition, but like lobby your MPs, which is what I've been doing for a lot of things that I feel really passionate about, I've only started that within like the last six months or so, is call your MPs. Like I think if there's a shift, if politicians see that there's a shift in in the way that we think, in the, in the shift in the way that the community thinks, they're going to change to, I don't know, like to um to be that person they pick. I think that maybe that's one of the things and those are really simple things. And they really are simple things that we can all be doing, especially now as we're heading into an, an election year here in Australia. And with everything going on in the world right now, of course, it's it's easy to be to be pessimistic. It's easy to go, oh, it's, it's bad and it's getting worse. That's fair enough. That's a, that's an easy thing to, to respond. It is tempting to ask, well, what's the point? Significant social change comes from people. This is, I'm going to sound like such an optimist hippie, but, you know, hey, I am. We're not optimistic. So, These were building bunkers and I'd rather not build a bunker. Yeah, that's Thank true. You, do, let's remember that. Yeah. I think it just comes from doing something together. And mm. if, you know, like, here's a good example. Like, I'm super, like, this whole thing about that the whole shift in language around gender and sexuality and being kind of like a being, you know, heteronormative cisgendered, which is you know, getting like, getting my head around that type of stuff in the last year. I was like, I don't, like when I first started, I don't even know what that is, but I went and researched and I learned and, you know, I have a friend who's transitioning and her, like seeing what she goes through every day, seeing the type of things she faces and the type of discrimination and like her access to health services, her access to like the, just, yeah, just seeing the type of experience she lives and thinking, okay, well, I can choose to be an ally. Like I can support your causes. Mm. I don't know what to do because I don't, I have a privilege that that you don't in that I'm, I'm just a like heterosexual woman. 
And so I, you know, I think you can choose to be an ally. And I think things come in numbers. I think if you're showing up, if you're having your voice heard, I often think that the government don't realize how far, like, I don't think when they make these decisions, like custody notification service, I don't think they realize like how many people that actually, who know about this, I think they think these decisions can go about in secret. So I think, yeah, I do think like you might not think you're getting heard, like call someone else's MP or call Nigel Scullion. At least they're aware. I mean, nothing ever changes from people being apathetic and at least you try, right? And if, and this is for me, like I, I often think, what if, will I ever see significant change? But even if I don't, which I, I think I will, but even if I don't, at least it's a left open like the door's just a little bit more open for the next people coming through, mm. you know, or lives are a little, like like one little shift. I don't know, but nothing happens from doing nothing. You know, like it's, it's not any type of action. So not knowing what to do, but being like, okay, I'll, I'll give anything a shot. I think that, that means something. When it comes to things like uh, the ocean, the little everyday thing that we can do is not use plastic water bottles, not use plastic bags, like take the, the big kind of nylon bags to the shopping market. Yeah. What's the no plastic bags thing that we can do around around this, around white privilege, around race relations, particularly Indigenous relations in Australia, do you think? Yeah, well, I think the first step is, I think, making the terminology everyday language. I think that this whole idea of of white privilege, it's, it's only really, I don't know about you, but becoming like a, a popular used term in those types of discussions within like the last few years. Like I know within my circle of friends, it's only been that. So I think talking about those things and using that type of language, I think just looking out for people who don't have the same privilege. If you see like for Indigenous people, if you see someone experiencing racism, then say something. Just because you can blend in the background doesn't mean that you should. I always say that to people. If you see like a police officer you know, talking to an Indigenous person. You don't have to, like, accuse a police officer of doing something wrong, but you can stand there and kind of watch and just keep an eye out because in the case that they are doing something that isn't completely savoury, there's pressure on them for, for them to do the right thing. I think that it's, like, just looking out for the people who don't have the same privilege. And I, and I think that comes a lot with, you know, just if you're seeing people cop racist abuse, if you're seeing people get discriminated against learning about that culture, learning about their causes. And when there is a movement, seeing if that's something you do want to get behind and using your voice to spread that to your peers. Mm. And I think that's the most important thing is spreading the message. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. We will continue our conversation with Nakia Louie in just a moment. I hope you're enjoying it. The larger conversation, the longer conversation does exist further back in the archives. It's episode 96 if you want to scroll back. It's sitting right there. You can listen to it right now if you want. No, no, no. I'll listen to the end part of this and then go back to the start. You might hear an ad break here if you do. Thank you. If not, we're back with the last little bit of Nakia Louie. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is Better Than Yesterday. We're speaking with Nakia Louie, having a little sample of the conversation that we had in 2015. It's episode 96 of this show. Nakia Louie is an incredibly talented writer, screenwriter, playwright. She was playwright in residence at Sydney's Belvoir Theatre, Belvoir Street Theatre. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, she was also an artist in residence for the Griffith Theatre. You would probably know Nakia best for her work and her acting on black comedy. So I asked her, how did that, how did that sitcom come about? ABC were like, okay, we're going to see if we can do a, a sketch show. Huh. Yeah. Um, did you even know who to send it to? Did you call someone? Well, yeah, they did a bit of a call out. Oh. And they, at that point, I don't even, they didn't even know what it was. They didn't know if they would be doing a show. They were just like, let's do a call out and see who we can get for it. Because even though, <laughs> even though I think Aboriginal people are really funny, we're not exactly known as like, the most, like our com- comedic scene. Well, in I was talking about this huge. with Merrick Watts the other day. All yeah. great comedy has come from people who are oppressed, the Jews, the African-Americans. Yeah. And now in Australia with absolutely the Lebanese community, the Vietnamese community, that's where the comedy, because if you can't laugh, you'll cry. Totally, that's it. Like what, that's why Nan always told me, if you can't have a laugh, what, like, like what can you do? Yeah. And that's going back to that like Jewish, like Jewish women, like comedians are just like, that's the comedians I grew up on, like my bread and butter. Like Bette Midler, Joan Rivers, even now like Sarah Silverman. And mm. then I have like quite a few Jewish girlfriends and the struggle is real. Like our experiences are really similar. So, yeah, so they just did a bit of a call out. We've and, got a lot in common, man. Genocide. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like that. And like a lot of my Jewish girlfriends, like they don't see themselves, they don't identify as being white. I don't know if that's, no, no. that's just with them. And, I, and, you know, it's that we we definitely, we relate to the world in a very similar way. And I think also being women and being from different diasporas, it's like the experience is, it's pretty similar. But yeah. um, they did a call out. So I sent them like so a few things I'd written and this video. And then they got a few of us together and we wrote a bunch of sketches over a week or two filmed them, did like a really, really rough type of pilot. But it was shot by Warwick Forden, who did Samson and Delilah, uh, which is a beautiful film if no one's seen it. But um, Oh, you love it. I've had uh, dinner with him. Yeah, you like, yeah, guy. he shot it, yeah. So it was this amazingly well shot, rough sketch comedy. It was quite, like, quite funny. And then, it, yeah, they then commissioned the series from there. Yeah. And what, were the, what was the writing process like? Did you have a writer's room? Did you all get together? Yeah, we had a writer's room. So we went away. How they do sketches, they do by the minute. We just had, we each had minutes per week and just had to, um, and then we would have writer's rooms here and there, but then go away and do stuff ourselves and um, use the writer's rooms to kind of work together and things like and you, that. And you'd pitch sketches at the EP or? To just the producer okay. and the story editor. Uh-huh. Um, so... It was, but most of the time, like our direction, and this is, it was such an amazing opportunity for someone at my age at that point in your career, right, entering. Uh, the direction from the ABC was 
like make us uncomfortable. It was the controller of ABC2 at the time said, make me a white Southern liberal, make me uncomfortable. Like offend me. That is what I want. So you get when you get given that freedom to just write whatever you want, the stuff that was coming out was it was just it was incredible. Like, and I don't know of many shows, even like comedy shows today, who get that level of of freedom and support. And I think that's just going back to the kind of that white privilege. Here were like people who were in a position who had a bit of power to be like, actually, let's shift things. Yeah. And they gave that power to other people to create a show. Since making black comedy, Nakia has written and put together another fantastic new show. Her latest comedy is called Preppers. It's on iView right now, the ABC iView app. If you're in Australia, if you're not in Australia, you can figure out how to watch it. And there's a VPN. What's that over there? It's about a First Nations-led survivalist commune. Hilarious. Oh, this is actually very good. If you want to hear the full conversation with Nakia, you can scroll back to episode 96. I'll see you back here on Friday for a quick chat. And then uh, Monday, we will uh, we'll be back here again. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Andy Ma for cutting this up. Bree Steele for producing this episode and research. And of course, Rachel Barrett, the executive producer of everything. She's the best. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on Friday. Happy Wednesday. Until we speak next time, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.